0: You're listening to a production of Swanson Media. Everyone knows when you're doing a tattoo and then you do a little bit and then you're like, fuck, that's that's not right. It's a little bit wrong. And you do something to try to cover it up or whatever, you know, there's always those aspects, man, and it always happens. So like, it's just taking more time, slowing down, being a little bit more precise, and then knowing exactly how things heal so that maybe this certain color doesn't look this way when it heals so you don't use that you use this and it's just little things like that like that fine tune it you know for me it's just it's just work at the moment it's just it's just pushing myself as hard as i can to keep working and and not get cuz you you hear of people like burning out and stuff like this i, I don't want to do that you know so i want to i want to keep working and keep solid at it and keep motivating myself and setting goals and keep achieving them
1: Hey everyone, I hope you're doing great. This is the Sullen Radio Podcast. I'm your host Joe Swanson. That was my guest from this episode, New Zealand tattooer Steve Butcher, talking about you know not burning out, continuing to progress his artwork, um, and uh, it's exciting to see a guy like him. He's only been tattooing six years. He's absolutely crushing it right now. Um, it's eye-opening to me to see like kind of where the industry, how much the industry has changed and how much is continuing to change and how fast it's progressing. I think that partly has to do with the access, the information that we have with the internet and also like the resources and tools we have available as artists. Take a company like Russ Abbott's TattooSmart.com. Russ has set up a digital tool store at TattooSmart.com. And these are tools and tutorials you can use to make your workflow more efficient Um, They're going to allow you to kind of set yourself apart. And we talked about it on the podcast before, but it's what people are looking to do is setting themselves apart from the next guy down the street. Things are so saturated and we need these tools to make our work better, to allow us to give the client more options. Go to TattooSmart.com. If you use the promo code Swanson at checkout, you're going to get 10% off your order. Remember, use the promo code SWANSON, that's my last name, S-W-A-N-S-O-N, at TattooSmart.com, and you're going to get 10% off all your digital tools. TattooSmart.com, ancient craft, modern perspective. So I got to tattoo this last week, a pretty fun piece. It was on a local client who's a roller derby girl. Um, I did design it all digitally. It's 100% on the uh, Wacom tablet that I have. Um, I tried to keep it simple. It's real traditional. Um, but adding a couple like extra little flares to it. I love adding dots to my work for years. I've been doing that um, into traditional stuff. Um, And then like the flowers that were on the piece that were in the roller skate itself actually matched flowers that are up above on a piece that this um, client has on her upper arm too. So like for me as an artist, it was fun to see the arms start coming together. It's not just individual pieces anymore. Like they stand alone and they look good, but you see the bigger piece of art kind of forming in the sleeve. And, um, I really dig that, you know, it's, it's really fun for me to see that kind of stuff to come together. And I had a great time with this piece. And if you want to take a look at it, you can check that out. Um, and all of my work on Instagram and Twitter at OG Joe Swanson, You can also check out the new SullenRadio.com website, which is launching soon, I hope, within the next couple weeks, um, if not sooner. So go check that out, SullenRadio.com. While you're there, do me a favor, guys. Also, sign up for the newsletter. You can do that, again, at SullenRadio.com. You're going to get access to um, interviews, extra interviews, secret interviews with artists from around the world, inspirational, insightful some filled with advice on tattooing business life so sign up for my newsletter sullenradio.com i really would appreciate it guys this is the sullen radio podcast i'm joe swanson and this is my talk with tattooer steve butcher
0: this is sullen radio with joe swanson the premier art driven podcast
1: Hey, everybody, this is Joe Swanson. Welcome back to another episode of the Selling Radio Podcast. I am super excited to talk with uh, my guest tonight, Steve Butcher. How are you, man?
0: Good, man. I'm good. How are you?
1: I'm great. You know, you just, uh, we were talking before the show, you just finished up a big uh, couple-day rib shot, huh?
0: Yeah, that's the one, man.
1: Big big work seems to be uh, what you're into these days, man, and then the hyper color realism is just it's on another level and you know Thanks. I personally think you know you're one of those guys at the, at the top top of the game here with you know tattooing and it's exciting for me as a tattooer to talk to you man because I see these big pieces that you're doing and I see these hyper realistic stuff like I mean talk about like the Kobe portrait um yeah. and the the sweat on the side of the head and and uh how did you get drawn into this whole tattoo thing
0: Man, uh, it, it was a, it's not really a long story, but uh, like in 2008, uh, my Nana passed away and uh, I ended up getting a portrait of her tattooed by my friend who was tattooing at the time. And uh, he kind of showed me the stuff and I got really interested in, in it because I was doing, uh, I was at art school at the time and uh, I didn't really have a path. I didn't know what I wanted to do. So it was kind of like, oh, awesome, man. So I like followed what he was doing and kind of, bought my own stuff eventually and then played around for about six months and then uh, i got a job at a street shop and that's how i kind of got you know like and then just seeing people like nico and mike devries people like those at the time who were like the front runners of color realism it was like wow you,
1: you were know, getting that like, through the internet
0: yeah yeah internet magazines well, mostly magazines for me because uh, uh,
1: When did you um, kind of, were you always drawn to kind of realism stuff or when did you get drawn into that?
0: Yeah, I mean, even when I was at art school or like as a kid, there's always like, if you're going to draw something, usually as a kid, you'd use a reference and you'd copy from the photo. So try to make it look as much like the photo as possible, you know, mm-hmm. so it, it it it's always been how I've painted and drawn and everything like that
1: it was like the found almost a foundation of your art man huh
0: yeah yeah pretty much man
1: yeah i remember being in art in art classes early on um doing different stuff you know i mean drawing with pencil you know we would do you know just like in th- third and fourth grade i remember doing these weird like um experiments where you'd blow ink across the page and yeah um, yeah dude you know and then they had us doing stuff for um you know, like a local, I think it was like a local energy company or something like that had a campaign that they wanted to do. So they had all the students at the, at the school draw up these different, um, almost like posters, you know, it was like yeah. uh but it was like eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper, or maybe a little bit bigger and, uh, with slogans. And so it was cool, man. I, I remember even back then, I was doing all sorts of stuff from, I mean, from lettering, because, you know, you're doing a poster f- that has a little slogan on it, you know, for, I mean, you're, yeah. you're a hired, you're a hired artist at that point working for this electrical company. But I remember doing it back in those early, early times and having a foundation of different types of art was really, I think for me now was, is, is key. Yeah. You know, in my, I think in my success in my art today, you know, having experience with different stuff.
0: That's the thing, man. Like doing art school, you you do everything, you know, it's not just one thing. So like you you get, and then in your own craft, you tend to bring aspects from all those things into your own, into your Mm -hmm. own art, you know?
1: Yeah. When, man, along this first, like when you first started tattooing, do you remember the point where you, Said, man, okay, my work has gotten to a level that's at the you know at the highest level. But uh, you know, areas that you could improve in that piece, but you were like, okay, this is stacking up to the best in the world.
0: No, I've, I've, even now, I don't, I don't think my work's at at that level yet, dude. It's, I've only been tattooing six years. I mean, I got a lot to learn so far, you know. So. At the moment it's just just doing my best, man. But like there's definitely been that one tattoo, maybe like the uh the Iron Man I did on a dude's thigh, like uh where he's on the water uh-huh. and there's like little Iron Man flying above like in the background and everything like it took like thirty two hours, but when I finished that I was like, Fuck Like I I was super impre- like super happy with it.
1: Mm-hmm. Were there moments in that piece where you were where you were um freaked out or were had you prepared enough prior to going you know needles to skin that the, the piece kind of flowed
0: I, i'd kind of prepared enough man I, i'd stared at that photo for so long and stenciling it took like three hours like every little tiny bit i i put into that and i gray lined the whole thing on the day so i had like a solid stencil the whole time you know what i mean so it was just like paint by numbers almost it was just like it was fiddly as fuck but <laughs> <laughs> it, it worked you know it worked
1: you, you have the patience for that though obviously you know to yeah. to get in there and really put the detail that needs to be i mean because i think i mean you say you know you're humble and and it, i can appreciate that man as an artist you being very humble about your work and and knowing that there's room to improve. And I, 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 man, that was one of my questions. Like today, as I was thinking like, man, I'm going to get to, you know, talk to Steve tonight. And like, what do I want to ask him? And it, it would be like, when you're looking at these tattoos, where do you think that they can improve? Cause I look at them and I go, damn, man, tattooing's gotten crazy good, you know? And, and there's these pieces that are being done that are so hyper realistic, you know, and, and Steve's doing them in color. Where do you see that, you can improve on this shit because it's it's amazing and mind-blowing to me
0: yeah uh, it's i don't know man like there's there's always like everyone knows when you're doing a tattoo and then you do a little bit and then you're like fuck that's a, that's not right it's a little bit wrong and you do something to try cover it up or whatever you know there's always those aspects man and it always happens so like it's just taking more time slowing down mm-hmm. being a little bit more precise and then knowing exactly how things heal so that maybe this certain color doesn't look this way when it heals so you don't mm-hmm. use that use this and it's just little things like that like that fine tune it you know
1: that's interesting talking about color palette and you know i think it's one thing that people can you know almost set themselves apart with these days it's it's hard to i think set yourself apart but color palette's one of those things that you can whether you're doing traditional work or or you know hyper realistic stuff you can If you know your color palette well enough, you can tweak it or minimize it or expand it to, you know, just put it off uh, off just a little bit than what somebody might, you know, normally think that they would see in that portrait. But, you know, it's cool, man. I love to see the stuff that's that you're doing, you know, that dog portrait that you just did with the snow on the face, Um, you know, that super killer and and. To me, looking at it, you know, I, I obviously haven't seen you tattoo but just a little bit um, last year's uh, Palm Trees and Tattoos. But, you know, it, it appears to me that there's enough black in that that as that thing ages, you know, and that br- those browns lighten and that kind of stuff happens that you'll still be able to see that dog and you'll still be able to see that detail kind of age well.
0: Yeah. Well, that, that's 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 one of my like uh like one of the things because a lot of people say that it's, it's not going to last you know what i mean like if you put that much detail in, it's not going to last but in my opinion if you if you put enough darks and enough blacks the blacks are what's going to hold for the longest time so it, it's going to hold the piece together no matter what mm-hmm. it, the colors might fade and it may perish and but that's what tattoos do you know i reckon it's kind of cool when you see a faded muted tattoo you know it's like it's aged it's it's had life. So like if those portraits are going to look bad in 30 years, who cares? But I like, personally, I don't think they will, I think the black and everything's going to hold them together. But even if they do, I'm, I'm, you know,
1: I think that that's a, I mean, I, I, the wearer of the tattoo the client are happy with it and understand what they're getting into that hey this is like I'm sure early on when Nico and Mike you know Damasi and Mike DeVries and those guys were doing early early color portraits you know they were talking to their clients and saying, hey, we don't know exactly what this is going to do. It, and I'm sure it was friends of theirs, you know. So, I mean, yeah. they're having those conversations in front of them. And the client's aware that, hey, this is kind of experimental perhaps. And we're going to see how this thing heals up and and move forward with it. And so I think that's, I mean, it's it's great to, to have those conversations, I think. And, I mean, it looks like looking on in your Instagram and you just got back from Venice and got to, you know, you were surrounded by some of the best men in in both fine art painting and and
0: yeah it was unreal being there dude it was unreal it was crazy man like just being just being in the same room as some of those people was just was unreal and for them to come up to me and say that like my work was like yeah it was crazy man got to meet jeff uh jeff gogway for the first time and yeah like just fucking insane being able to meet those kind of people and being in that kind of circle you know
1: uh-huh. how does a guy like that inspire you man because you know obviously jeff's got his his style and um you know his kind of path to try to do a lot of big body suits or like a guy like she gay how, how do those guys inspire you and and push you to do better in your work
0: man it's 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 more about their work ethic and like just fucking such a hard worker. He's like, like fucking nose to the bone the whole time, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, that that's inspiring when you see someone who's been doing it that long and still has the passion. And like his DVDs and stuff, he's so intuitive. And it's just yeah. And same as Shige, like just, just the work and the time that gets put into it, all of that is just yeah, it's impressive, man
1: yeah it almost venice. it makes you want to put in that extra work in the preparation to make sure that you're you know you ha- you minimize those moments of kind of uh, those oh shit moments in the middle of a tattoo you know
0: exactly man that's that's the one man
1: um so tell- tell me about venice man how was it you you were you were hanging out with dudes paul booth a lot of painters were there um this is one of the the tattoo gatherings that um you know, uh, off the map and tattoo now, Gabe Ripley. Those the guys put on um, Alex DePasse. Uh, you know, talk about that experience because I've been to one of those. I did actually some live podcasting from one of them in Colorado a couple of years ago, and had a great right. experience, man. And and um, but talk about your experience there, and, and how was Venice?
0: Oh man, uh, I love Venice for starters, dude. The city is just crazy. Like, just the, the history and everything there is insane. And the venue was uh, ridiculous. It was one of the oldest buildings in Venice. And uh, it was where the video for Like a Virgin was filmed. And Yeah, yeah. It was like the the place was crazy. Architecture and paintings inside were insane. And then, uh, yeah, getting to, getting to hang out with Gabe and, like, Uh, be a part of the show was was insane as well man like i've only read in magazines about these kind of uh, gatherings and like where there's big kind of uh, discussion panels and people get to ask questions and stuff you know so being a part of it was so fucking crazy man i've never uh yeah i've never felt that kind of honored before to be asked to go there and get invited and yeah it was cool,
1: man. Did you, um, now, there was tattooing there as well. Did you tattoo? Were you part of any seminars or panels? What did you What did you kind of do throughout the weekend?
0: Uh, I, uh... oh, dude, I just got to check my phone on charge. <laughs>
1: um,
0: I was a, I tattooed for the first two days. I uh, did the tiger jumping out of the water. I don't know if you oh, see yeah. that, man. Yeah,
1: I saw it, man. It was dope.
0: <laughs> Thanks, man. Uh, yeah, so I did that one over two days, and the cherry blossoms just above it. And then uh, on the third day, I ended up doing a collab seminar with Bob Terrell about uh, like black and gray techniques and tattooing and stuff, which was crazy, dude. Like, and he was saying to me that he was like, "Oh man, it was an honor to do a seminar with you." I was like, "What are you What are you talking about, man? <laughs> like, it's unreal for me to be able to do a seminar with someone like that, like, and have him." respect me as much as i respected him you know it was it was
1: awesome had you guys done a seminar before together or was it kind of impromptu no. it was just kind of impromptu and and he asked for uh, your well, input what
0: happened was uh ralph ralph Nonviler had to cancel because he had something going on at home so um it kind of left bob like oh damn what am, what am i going to do uh so then gabe hit me up and said hey steve do you want to do a seminar with bob and i was like hell yeah i want to do a seminar with Bob." <laughs> And then uh, he's like, "All right, I'm just gonna hit Bob up." And then uh, he messaged me back like two minutes later. I was like, "Yeah, dude, you're you're doing the seminar." I was like, "Fucking crazy!" And and uh, it was it was hilarious because I texted Bob and I was like, "Hey, dude, like, so I hear we're doing a seminar together. Uh, what are we gonna do?" And he's like, "I don't know, man. Like, uh, like Ralph was gonna make a, a PowerPoint, and but I don't know. we we'll, we'll just kind of wing it." I was like, "All right, <laughs> all right, dude." And then when I got there, he was like, I got a PowerPoint. And then, so we tried to load it and it wouldn't load. So then we had no PowerPoint. And this was like two minutes before the seminar started. So then we just kind of had photos and just like talk shop the whole time. You know, it was awesome.
1: Do you you think that uh, you like that better where it was kind of less structured and more just kind of off the cuff and you guys could uh, had a little bit of a structure of what i'm sure he wanted to talk about in the seminar and, and had built around the powerpoint but you know now it's kind of free form and um you guys having never taught together could kind of play off each other
0: yeah yeah it, w- it was awesome because it uh i think it keeps the crowd or the the, the audience alive a bit more you know mm-hmm. in some seminars it gets it like after an hour it kind of drags on a bit and you get i've seen people sleeping in seminars before <laughs> that i've taken and stuff you know so I think if you, if it's more Q and a, and just like a big conversation, it keeps people a bit. And and of course, Bob is hilarious. So like he's keeping the crowd alive with uh, like laughter and everything else. So it's good, man.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's great, man. You know, I was, uh, I was checking out your Instagram and uh, we were joking about it again before we hit record uh, about you being a sneakerhead. How, How big of an addiction do you have to sneakers?
0: Oh man, it's 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 a bad, it's <laughs> worse than worse than any drug, man. Cost me a lot of money, especially <laughs> having to ship them from uh, America every time to get them over here, you know. So
1: shoe you got, and that that since the deal on you being a sneaker, you're like, damn, these shoe these shoes
0: must have been Jordans, dude. I think my my first pair was a pair of Jordan threes, but. I was like, maybe like 10. And and it started from there. And then uh, I remember my auntie went away to America and brought me back a pair of shacks. I <laughs> had a pair of dunk men. It was awesome. And uh, they were like my first basketball shoe that I played in. And then uh, after that, it was just here, yeah, snowballed. And then I eventually uh, started collecting Kobe's uh, from about the Kobe 4 onwards. And uh haven't stopped since. So
1: <laughs> what'd you think? He just had his last game. What'd you think, man? Give me the breakdown.
0: Oh, I took I took the day off work. I like prepared the day, had everything set out, had the had the TV ready, and dude he fucking went off. It was crazy. <laughs> I've never seen never seen anything like that. I seen a comparison, it was like uh Kobe had sixty for his final game, Jordan had like fifteen, Iverson had like thirteen and like there was like three others that had like all under twenty,
1: uh-huh. and
0: Kobe had sixty. You know, it was insane.
1: What What do you think that is, man? That that.
0: It's the Mamba mentality, man. It's the Mamba. You know, he's hmm. he's, I don't know, he's something else. Him and Jordan, dude. That's why I'm upset about Space Jam. <laughs> Space Jam Two is LeBron. I'm I'm fucking upset about that.
1: You wanted it to be Kobe. Be Kobe.
0: <laughs> yeah. As
1: a, as a super fan, you got no pull in that, man. Is there no place that we can petition to get this changed, you know, bring Kobe I in?
0: So, I don't think so. I think uh, they just I just seen on uh, Facebook the other day. I've seen a few times now that it's confirmed and it's LeBron James
1: and that guy's been acting uh I just I I was just uh hanging out on a on a day off and I watched that um movie Trainwreck and uh LeBron was in that movie too. He's getting some acting gigs now, man.
0: Yeah, man. I think it I like I don't know. He's more of a character than Kobe is. Yeah. You know, he's got more of a personality, more I suppose, but it's still it's just
1: <laughs> 60. If
0: it's going to follow Jordan, it should have been Kobe.
1: Yeah. Yeah, man, that's uh, it's crazy. Any other sports that uh, that you're super into or is it pretty much basketball? Um, What else? What else you got going?
0: Pretty much basketball, man. Yeah, that's it. For me, it was sports anyway. Like I watch rugby.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> you got to watch some of the games.
1: Yeah, yeah, you have to, uh, for, you know, out of you pride, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's the one.
1: Yeah, we had. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm right outside the Bay Area, so Golden State Warriors are here in our area. My kids a big Golden State Warrior fan. They had an incredible season.
0: Have you been to any games?
1: Yeah, a couple years ago. I haven't been in a few years, but um, I haven't seen them in their current you know state, which is an amazing team and. Um, they had a great season this last year, but you know, I used to, uh, a few years back. I used to go to games, and and, and it was right there. We went to a few fan appreciation like things, and um, got to be right down there by the players, and it, it was fun.
0: Yeah, yeah, man, I'm so jealous. I wish I was in the Bay Area right now. <laughs> that would be so good. Yeah, Playoffs and stuff It'd be awesome.
1: When uh, when are you gonna get back to uh, to LA area or the or the states? I'm
0: gonna be I'm gonna be probably working at an eco sh- probably an eco shop. Cool. Uh, and then I go to Toronto for a month because uh, my friend Potter or Sungyeon Jo is uh, getting married. So we're gonna be over in Toronto for a month, and then I'm gonna be in New York for the uh, Empire State Convention
1: yeah man it's like like that one in the golden state that it, it appears to be put on by the same people that they're just you know top top notch uh shows man that are that are bringing in all the biggest names and um it's got to be pretty exciting to be in that kind of environment where you know all the world you know most of the world's best are you know collectively uh you know working on pretty fun pieces
0: yeah man I, I, I attended the Golden State one in January that was really good dude I really like that show um, but yeah the Empire State one's gonna be crazy I've never been to New York before so can't wait
1: yeah it's uh what are you excited to what are you excited to do there outside of tattooing and and doing the show I mean you do a lot of shows so I'm sure you got that on a fun piece at the show. What are you excited to see in New York city?
0: Oh man, everything sightseeing first, like statue of Liberty, stuff like that. Empire state building to Memorial. Uh, But eat man. I've seen so much, so much stuff on like uh, we have sky like cable about um, American food, but like New York is the spot like
1: Uh for
0: crazy food. I can't wait.
1: Well, any listeners out there that hear this, you better hit Steve up with a direct message on where to get that good New York food, you know, the legit stuff. Don't, don't bring any crazy stuff towards him. But, uh, you know, like we're talking, what, like pizza, you gotta, you gotta get a good pizza spot, right? You gotta get a good pizza spot. Definitely. And what else, what else, uh, what other kind of, what other kind of stuff is out there, man? What do you, what do you want to try? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that guy's crazy.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's crazy. as, but he he was in New York and he had like a donut burger. It was like a glazed donut with like a burger in between it. And I was like, dude, I got
1: to try that. Yeah, you that's should. Like, you should try that one. That that sounds insane. <laughs> it seems like a one of a kind winner. Yeah, dude. Man, that's great traveling. Man, it's got to be fun to be able to have a home base. Like I wanted you to talk about uh, working at uh Matt's shop there and and because it seems like you guys have a pretty decent crew that it that is grounded and then you guys go and do your travel and conventions um talk about that kind of the difference you know you got that solid home base but you're going you're traveling for a month and you're in canada you know i, I assume living out of hotels and friends houses and uh, you know how is that
0: dude like uh i, I love working at the shop man it's, it's fucking awesome. Matt's a Matt's a really good dude, crazy good artist, and uh, he pretty much helped me, like, taught me everything I know about realism. You know, so he's he's an awesome dude, man. I love working at the shop, but can't get enough of traveling, dude. Mm-hmm. Just getting around, being able to see everywhere in the world, and and experience everything, and work with all these different people. It's it, you can't you can't change it for anything, you know, mm-hmm. and and that's that's what helped me get to where I am now is working with all these different people and asking questions, not being that shy guy and being that dude who just is annoying at, and asking all, you all these questions, trying to sap all the knowledge I can out of you, you know? That, that's that's what I think you should, like, if, if you want to get anywhere in this game, you've got to be able to work with different people and travel, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it seems like that's a big, uh, big lane that people are taking up in tattooing right now, you know? Um, I was, you know, I was thinking about it just this other day, just, you know, the, the convention scene, how it looks, you know, how things are coming across on Instagram, like kind of just getting a pins, you know, to sell pins and, and there's still some people selling prints and, um, you know, just kind of looking at it, man. And it seems, it seems like the can, the convention scene is not necessarily slowing down, but people are being a little bit more picky on where they're going.
0: And uh, yeah, th- that's uh, that and fucking customs, dude. <laughs> customs is it, getting roots as well.
1: Is it definitely changing?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it really is, man. But, uh, I, th- I think it's the people are just being more selective because it's, there's so many shows now you can't go to all of them. Mm-hmm. Like, Fifteen years ago, there was like the good shows, and it was like maybe one a month. Or, but I mean, if you wanted to go to shows and didn't want to break, you could go to one every single weekend of the year. And there's a show somewhere. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? You and, could probably
1: uh, you could probably catch one in the middle of one of those weeks too. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it's it's crazy, dude. And there's, uh, I think it's just oversaturated, so people are just being selective now because mm-hmm. there's just too much to choose from
1: yeah do you have a favorite show that you've been uh like
0: favorite i don't know like i i got into london last year which was a big thing for me that was that was huge because i heard, like there's a waiting list of like a thousand mm-hmm. artists or something like this and uh so that that was a that was a big honor to get into that convention um but maybe like the best like busiest best convention I've been to is probably milano uh-huh Milano in Italy, yeah, that that convention is ridiculously busy.
1: Just people like, getting tattooed and and looking. Yeah, people
0: getting tattooed, like people just walking around, people there to see everything. Like, it gets crazy there, man.
1: Why do you think that is? That that one is just like so much more.
0: I don't know. I, I have no idea. It, it's just it just draws and there's people from all over the world that that show up. You know, it's it's insane. It's not just. A whole bunch of italian people you know
1: yeah yeah do, do you look at that like you're talking about you know i got into london this last year um from a business perspective are are, are you looking at that and and marking down those goals that i that you see, this is something that i want to accomplish um you know tattooing's fun i think people sometimes forget that you know Steve Butcher not only does great tattoos, but he's a brand. And, you know, you got guys like Ivano Natale who understands that, you know, Steve Soto. I mean, they're from that same line, you know. Ivano worked with Steve. But Steve understands that branding and I wonder how much is that playing into, you know, your decisions and and your work, you know.
0: For brand, yeah. Like it's for me, it's just it's just work at the moment. It's just it's just pushing myself as hard as I can to keep working and and not get because you you hear people like burning out mm-hmm. and stuff like this. I I don't want to do that, you know. So I wanna I wanna keep working and keep solid at it and keep motivating myself and setting goals and keep achieving them. You know, like London was a goal for like two years. Once I heard once I as soon as I heard about London, I was like, I gotta get into that show, you know. And so like I met the guys from Tattoo Life magazine at one of the conven- I think it's all about just yeah setting goals achieving them and mm-hmm. just yeah you
1: know do you still uh like when you're talking to somebody like that early on or you you know and 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 is what's great but- about a lot of that's what's great about conventions, though. You know what I mean? Because you may go to a convention and, you know, just happen across in the morning with your coffee, uh, the person that's standing outside the Tattoo Life booth, which happens to be somebody that has some sort of pull somewhere, you know? And you're just bullshitting over coffee. And those moments happen at conventions all the time, you know? Because those people are hanging out. And and yeah. you're all kind of on the same schedule. So, um, I see the traveling and and hitting shows and, um, if you want to, um, kind of, I mean, that's a huge, that's a huge part of this business these days. You know what I mean? And I, and I guess I don't, um, there's a lot of other lanes like we talked about, but man, it seems like that convention, having a home base and then traveling and hitting those, those shows that are going to, um, showcase your work the best, um, yeah a lot of the, a lot of the top dudes are doing that, so.
0: Yeah, man. I think it's all about networking, you know, networking is, is the key to everything, like, that's what's good about social media, but like, especially at conventions, again, you can't be the shy guy, man, you gotta, you gotta talk to everybody, Uh because you never know who their friend is, or whoever, you know, once they find out who you are, because Mm -hmm. not everyone knows your face, you know, so once they find out who you are, then they're like, oh man, you need to talk to this guy, and then this guy wants to talk to you, and and then. yeah, and then that's how you meet everybody. Yeah, pretty much. Then you know,
1: um, I mean, it was like that years ago. It's like that's how those connections were made before social media and before the internet. You know, guys would go on those little, you know, the the tours to the tattoo tour, you know, the convention tour, and they would go to the f- three, four shows a year that five shows a year, whatever uh, that were. They knew their buddies were going to be at the other guys that were. Top in the industry, we're going to be at, and that was their connection. You know, they they had to go and do that. Well, now you can kind of get that, n- not that face to face connection, but you're you're seeing that person's work every day. You're seeing everybody's you know uh, life unfold on on social media, Facebook, Instagram. Um, it's impacted the industry, you know, hugely. You know, because you're connected now. You have you're connected to building a clientele and. China, or you know, from China or from wherever in the world. And you yeah. can, if you, if you promote it the right way, you have that connectivity. And it's, it's, it's pretty wild.
0: It's true, man. I never thought about it like that. It is pretty true.
1: Yeah. I mean, a guy like Bug, like, look at it. I mean, I've talked about him on the last couple podcasts, but I think it's, it's such a, a unique thing that we have in tattooing that we can do it. We can travel, right? We can travel anywhere in the world drop in any city and you know if you have the right equipment you could pretty much be making money within a matter of uh you know a couple hours if you know how to hustle yourself at the at the coffee shop you know uh or yeah. local bar and um you can you it's not many industries that you can do that anymore and a guy like Boog has taken that kind of mentality of being kind of nomadic and being able to you know do his craft anywhere in the world. And he truly has built a network of clients in different markets all over the world in the Asian market and the, you know, middle Eastern market and the Russian market and, you know, the European market, America, like all over. It's pretty, it's pretty amazing to see, you know, what's happening and what people are being able to accomplish in tattooing these days.
0: Yeah, man. And he's crazy. He gets around, dude. Yeah. He's been, he must have been traveling for like 20 years by now. I don't know. He needs to just... <laughs> I'd, I'd be so tired of traveling by now. I think... It's been two years.
1: You know what I mean? Like those experiences being a, out for two weeks, two months, traveling the world, eating the—you know these these amazing meals. Not every meal is going to be amazing. You know what I'm saying? But like experiencing... These amazing moments allows him to stay fueled for um you know the, re- the rest of the time i mean it's it's different than a lot of people. I think a lot of people will get tired of that you know Jack Rudy yeah. said Jack Rudy said on the show, I asked him what's the best thing about traveling he said, coming home <laughs> you know
0: that's awesome for me for me, best part about traveling is like. Yeah, seeing everything coming home sucks, man. I hate leaving all my friends. i because ne- I'm never just by myself over there. I've always got a whole bunch of friends that I'm hanging out with, you know. So it's always like, man, see you later. Even though I'm <laughs> gonna see you in like a month or two, it doesn't matter. But then, if I traveling without my wife, then it's always good to get home.
1: Right. Yeah. Uh, do you do you seem that? See, does it seem like your pace kind of um, is it a different pace when you're traveling than when you're uh, at, at home base. Um, like if you're, if you're, you know, at home for a month and you're coming into, you know, ship shape every, every day or however many days you're working a week. And, um, how does that affect the, the how does that affect like your pace? And
0: uh, no, I, I enjoyed time in both places. So, you know, like, uh, I've, I've always, At the start of the year, I kind of book my year so I know when I'm home and I know when I'm away. So when I'm home, I enjoy it. When I'm away, I enjoy it, you know. Mm -hmm. The guys at the shop are fucking hilarious. So we we just always have a good time in the shop when we're tattooing and stuff. So it's always good fun to be at home.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, Yeah, definitely. Day. Uh, around a, guy, a bunch of guys He don't like is 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 a shit is, is a shit job. But you know when you connect with like, those dudes and they're amazing artists like Matt and and those other guys there, it's it's probably pretty cool.
0: I suppose I suppose when I'm away, I, I tend a bit slower. So at, at home, I'm always quite quick. Like they they're always like, oh fuck, you're working late today, but it's like four p.m. or something like that. <laughs> and <I'm> like, fuck <laughs> you, man. But we start at ten, so like uh, I'm usually yeah.
1: You would like to get out of there fast, get get yeah. in at ten, get it done, I, and head get out.
0: It done, get out. That's the one. <laughs> All right, because I live an hour away from the shop as well, so it's like a drive and traffic and fuck, it sucks, dude. Driving home, so I'm always like, get home, and then ah, relax, you know, for the day. How,
1: how, when do you do your artwork, man? When do you when do you do your preparation and stuff like that? Because um, I I found like. For me, I, we, I just had a baby two months ago, you know, finding time for everything is a challenge, you know, finding time yeah. for family, balancing that with preparation for tattoos, balancing that with podcasting, you know, editing the show. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just at home, bro. As soon as I get home, emails, uh, like interviews whatever i have to whatever i have to get done you know searching for references mm-hmm. or sometimes it'll be like on my way in the car while i'm driving i'll be looking for references <laughs> or <laughs> whenever i can get it done man whenever i can get it done
1: do you have all the stuff like a manipulate stuff how much of that are you using these days uh for for your preparation
0: I use quite a bit of like Photoshop, and uh, I just got the iPad Pro, so I st- I've like started like drawing on my images as well. So like changing bits that I need to change and uh-huh. stuff like that. So it it's uh, I find a real handy. But at the shop, we got everything, uh, like Photoshop. And,
1: How do you like that iPad Pro? And what what app are you using to to draw in there?
0: Uh, using Procreate, and I use the uh, Apple Pencil as well. And the uh, yeah, the iPad Pro man is really good. It's like a pressure sensitive. So it's Mm -hmm. just like drawing with a pencil. So the harder you press, the darker it'll get, you know? uh, Yeah. It's super, super easy to use. It's not complicated. Like the, I find the Wacom super, like it's fucking awesome. The Cintiq and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, but it's, it's more complicated than this is like anyone can use this, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I found you know, I've used both. Like I've been slowly kind of over the last couple of years, moving more and more digitally, right? And to this point where I pretty much work is the program that I use. And I was using Sketchbook Pro, which I think personally, and, uh, and that came from using that on the iPad. Right when I yeah. was first like getting into digital shit, I was um, it was just on the iPad because I had an iPad. My buddy Steve Johns down in uh, Southern California, and he told me, "Man, just try Sketchbook Pro." Got on it, you know. My buddy Matt Hodell was, you know, barking at me about getting on the Wacom. You know, you gotta, you know, get on the digital revolution. <laughs> and um, but I stuck with the iPad for a while and and did do some preparation for tattoos on it. But I found like. I was using a, a real shitty stylus, you know, not anything like what's available now. Um, but it was, but it was still good. You know, it was, it was what I maybe would prepare real loose with initially. And then as I got into the Wacom, I, I started being able to prepare like loose and then tighten everything up. Uh, and I love it now, man. I mean, I, I don't, it's just a matter of learning those fine, like the, the fine tools within those programs, you know what I mean? Because um, it's whatever platform that you're using, whether it's Wacom, it's a, I mean, they have a bunch of different different types of uh, surfaces that you can draw on or units that you can purchase or whether it's a, with an iPad. I mean, that iPad Pro, man, it's got, it's, it makes it so accessible Everybody's got an iPad, you know. Everybody is going to be able to access that, and an yeah, Apple yeah. Pencil, you know. So it's it's almost broken it open to the masses.
0: Yeah, that's the one, man. I I've, yeah, I I really enjoy it. It's fucking probably the best. Like, cause I I got shown it by Tofi. I don't know if you know Tofi tattoos. Uh, mm-hmm. Thomas Tofi from Poland. Okay. He's a dope artist, man, and he does that three D design stuff and then tattoos his 3D designs. Oh. Uh, but um, he does all of it, uh, like all of his design work on the iPad and then take... <laughs> Look at this shit, dude. Like showing me everything. I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> I need to buy that thing right now. And so as soon as I got home from that trip, I went and bought it straight away and I was like, fuck yeah.
1: H- how much did when like even when you just saw it and he showed you that and you were like holy shit I need that how much did you think and how much did it change the way that you tattoo or the way that you prepare
0: it, it want to do it's like oh fuck I'll just draw it and then and then you can kind of play a lot more with it and like refine it a lot more instead of just thinking on the ball you know so it's made everything a little bit more refined and a little bit more precise on how I want it.
1: Mm-hmm. I think it it, it all you're not a uh, not afraid of. Well, if I fuck up this layer, it's cool. I can just get rid of this layer. You know, yeah. I, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not refined by. Damn it. I just spent 30 minutes on this layer of tracing paper and now I need to go and make these this section yeah. and this section 10% smaller and you know redo that section it, it, man it totally it makes it so much more efficient so I mean I really think man that's it's, it's the future like it's getting more and more accessible and even the wacom's are are becoming more and more accessible and and the programs that you can use on your on your computers and things that people already have it's, yeah, it's coming to a time I think too, where, and I, and I talked about it in, um, last episodes commercial cause, uh, tattoo smart Russ Abbott's company is getting on board with the podcast and, um, there's a promo code. If you go there to tattoo smart.com and if you haven't checked out this company, you should, man. Cause it's like, I really believe it's why I got it on board with the podcast because I really believe it's like the future of tattooing to st- yeah people there's so many tattooers out there and tattooers are looking for a way to set themselves apart you know whether it's like what we talked about early on color palette or otherwise you need to find a way to set yourself apart and i think digital using digital tools is one way that you can make your work more efficient your workflow your workflow better um and it can set you apart from the guy down the street you know who isn't going to use these tools and can't, you know, whip up three different angles of the same drawing in in, in an afternoon be, that you can because you're using these tools. And so yeah. um man, I think it's just uh it's cool to see companies like that uh coming out and tools being available to us and um I mean these programs have been around forever, you know, graphic designers and illustrators and animators have been using them. Why not us? You know, I mean the work yeah, is getting yeah the work's getting to a point where there's no sense in not using it and it's just con- kind of continues to elevate the work so it's exciting to see
0: yeah man uh yeah i went to uh when i was in germany i worked with lee levedner and he showed me some of his stuff and uh, i was just like man that's that's why you're so good at doing just freehand stuff is because you you're doing this all the time you know
1: mm-hmm.
0: and so like yeah it's super inspirational man i can't i can't wait till i've used it a lot more and gotten way better at it you know
1: yeah and i mean and to think that's just the beginning you know it's just the beginning of of what's available and what's going to be even as things get more refined to just tattooing you know and yeah. and tools and apps become available that are better so it's exciting times man and and um you know it's it's got to be cool for you like you said being at that shop working with uh artists like matt you know every day he seems like a character man like uh practical jokes or what what goes on what goes on at that shop
0: non-stop it's yeah it's just a real fun environment you know But uh, some of this, it gets a little out of hand sometimes. Little, like, customers have been like, fucking hell. Like, really? What's the
1: the last uh, (laughs) one where you saw, like, that you were uncomfortable because you were like, shit, man, these fucking customers have to be, like, have to be going crazy.
0: I don't know if it's appropriate for the sullen radio. It
1: is, man. This is the (laughs) internet. We can say whatever the fuck we want.
0: Oh, dude. Uh, All right. Uh, Let me think what was i'll try to think of one of them <laughs>
1: you, you can tell us more Maybe. than one you can say it man it'll be it'll be a selling radio exclusive
0: it's terrible it's terrible people will think i'm a terrible person um i, I need to think selectively here <laughs> okay okay here, here's one here's one, of, one of the uh, so, like, uh, there's a, you know, The Bachelor, the program, The Bachelor? Yeah, yeah, so, like, we had The Bachelor in New Zealand, right, NZ? And, uh, one of the guys at our shop, Cohen, uh, watched it, like, religiously. And we're, we're giving him shit about it. And, like, call him a faggot, or, like, you so, what the fuck are you... Oh, so...
1: Oh my God! Yeah. That's dude. How how is? I mean, you guys are just. <laughs> I mean, that's a That that can. That's an offensive sounding word to used in. The-
0: yeah, but in New Zealand it's not like that. In New Zealand it's like.
1: <laughs> what did the person say? Did they say anything?
0: Nothing. They, they didn't mind. It wasn't. It wasn't like that. They didn't mind at all. But it, like. When you find out you're kinda like, oh
1: damn, like you know getting yourself like that's what that's what wild times at a tattoo shop will get you into situations where afterwards you're like, What the fuck? Oh man, I feel so uncomfortable right now. Yeah, it was it
0: was yeah. After we found out it was like shit. right, No more. No more.
1: You guys are on good behavior for a little while after that, right? Yeah, Yeah, yeah. How long does that last? I can't last very long. (laughs) Five minutes. <laughs> Oh, shit, man. You know, that was... Yeah, dude, tattoo shops are in, in an interesting place. You know what I mean? Like, I've been around for 20 years, you know, and, and longer than that getting tattooed. But being a tattooer 20 years in, in tattoo shops and, you know, slept in tattoo shops and, you know, just experienced yeah. some wild times, man. And um, they can... It's interesting. It's interesting to um, be a part of an industry right now. That's it's very. It's a young industry, man. Tattooing's been around so many years, fucking a long, long yeah. ass time. But modern day tattooing, and I've said it before, um, is kind of. I feel like it's in its infancy, and we're seeing like this. You know, people scrambling to f- figure out, you know, where am I gonna, where am I gonna fit, and what can I do, and um, you know, it's a, it's an exciting and it's an interesting time. And so, where do you think it's going, man? What do you see? I mean, you're you're out there um, a lot of the weeks traveling. You're also seeing like what's going on in New Zealand by staying being at a kind of a home base. So you see that like return clientele coming in too. How do you see the industry change? Has it changed?
0: I think it's definitely changed, man. Not only is it like it's more accepted by by everyone else, you know, but it's it's becoming more of an art form. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: people are just or that it needs to be this or that. It can just be a picture; it doesn't need to be meaningful. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's becoming more of an art form, and th- that's that's exciting, man. It's going to be awesome.
1: Do you hear guys like Paul Booth and, and those guys talking about that? I mean, Paul's heavily involved in, in his gallery, you know, out in New York City and um you know, was one of those guys that led the way when it came to um fine art and art fusion and collaborative efforts. Um you know, do you hear that kind of stuff being spoken about in, in those circles as well?
0: Yeah, man, a lot, man. Especially hanging out with them as, as like yeah he's one of the most inspirational people i've ever met he's so just intuitive about and informed about art you know and and it's just it's crazy to to talk to someone that you know has just done like miles for the tattoo industry you know and like Mm -hmm. bringing it more more towards what it is now you know and the uh collaborative stuff is just getting crazy as well like seeing like four-way collabs and five-way collabs and like five dudes tattooing one guy at the same time and uh, yeah you know like stuff like that is really interesting to see
1: where have you done any collaborations lately
0: Uh, i've done a few man uh in melbourne last year we did like a nine-person collaboration everyone just kind of jumped in and did like a did like a piece on this and there was like six dudes at once tattooing them while there was three other dudes like waiting to get in (laughs) there was no space you couldn't get in you know it was it was awesome man
1: how was that working with that many other people was it a like a back piece or what talk about that process because
0: it started it i'd finished tattooing for the day and then i just walked past and they're like steve get in on this and i was (laughs) like what the fuck so i ran over and everyone's just tattooing i was like fuck so i put on gloves picked up a machine and started jamming away
1: wow i mean with with how much direction on on what the the theme of the piece what was the piece that you were doing
0: it was just like a big face but like a demon face with like an extra eye up here and then like a it was just like put anything anywhere just make it fucking cool you know (laughs) so i was doing like black and gray texture under an eye and then yeah it was just we're just doing whatever it was fun man Uh
1: Uh, do you like that having the freedom uh t- like talking about textures and um creating creating different looks do you like that freedom to be able to really explore with that and like where does your inspiration come when when it comes to that type of work the the texture stuff you know recreating that texture for
0: me is like it's 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 what my work's about i love i love texture i love Because it it creates the surface, you know, like Mm -hmm. the skin's still going to be flat, but with the texture, it makes it look, you know, like Nick Baxter and Guy Aitchison, people like this who make, make the, like they were the first, well, not Nick Baxter, like Guy Aitchison was one of the first people to kind of create proper texture in a Mm -hmm. tattoo, you know, and like make it look like it was all rippled and, Mm -hmm. and stuff, you know, so like, and people like that influence my work by when you see an old man's face, it's not just like Mark's you got to make the texture and you got to make it like look like it's crinkly and wrinkled you know
1: yeah yeah And, and just looking i guess that goes back to you know where can things be improved and i guess it's just in refining the the technique and do you think that do you think the equipment has caught up to the technique or is the technique catching up to the equipment
0: uh, I think the techniques catching up to the equipment, man. Uh, the equipment's always been able to do it. People just haven't done it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I I tattooed with coils. Like everyone thinks, like rotaries are the reason why everyone can do these amazing tattoos. I tattooed with coils until two years ago. i was still creating the same. Like I did that Iron Man piece with coils. You know what I mean? So like, it, it's not about whether the tools have evolved to do it. It's it's more about people have evolved and realize that you can do this sort of stuff with these same tools, you know,
1: Mm -hmm. do you have a preference on what you use these days?
0: Yeah, I use a injector, um, the V2 at the moment, and waiting for that new flight nano that just came out. Uh, Byron, if you, if you listen to this, I'm still waiting. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Um, uh, yeah, Inkjector man. It's my jam. I've tried the, uh, Cheyenne a couple of times. Uh, I, for me the injector is just a little bit more user-friendly you can kind of mm-hmm. set it up to how you want to use it and it has a bit of give to it whereas the Cheyenne quite punchy so if you're not used to tattooing I I think um it's probably a little rough you know what I mean mm-hmm. for me injector is probably the the best
1: you know there was uh I mean a couple of years ago it was like the the rotary started coming like hitting the scene really really hard and um where do you see technology? I mean, technology is changing everything we do, man. It's the, it's changing the way we listen to music. It's changing the way we, yeah. you know, operate in our vehicles. It's changing the way that we, you know, pick up our information. Um, you know, how do you? What do you see that's in tattooing these days? The changes that are happening that are, that are good, and do you see any that or, are that are bad?
0: Well, I've seen that. Uh, have you seen that three D? the
1: 3d kind of printer thing that does tattoos (laughs) yes dude i did that that was like
0: computer thing what the fuck is that dude i said
1: i said like when i saw that somebody somebody turned me on to that and and i watched that video and i think the first time i talked about it was on the mike devries episode and um and i was just like holy shit you know they some guy some you know four people on a project took a 3d printer and said hey i bet this could tattoo somebody and with some you know weird rubber band stretched the skin of a person and and made it work in a video um to tattoo you know i don't know how the, t- the tattoo looked the circle that they did on the forearm looked but i'm like how fucking many years is it before somebody can walk into a, a little kiosk at the mall like yeah, a yeah. Fun- And people say, oh, fucking, that'll never happen and this and that. But are you kidding me? Like, it may happen. And that may yeah, be, that you know, it may be not very far off. You know, who knows? I mean, I think there will always be a demand for the hand-done art of tattooing at done at the yeah. highest level and, and of all different styles. I don't think tattooing is going to go away when those, you know, a, a couple kiosks pop up in Facebook Village and, you know, a couple over in Japan. It's not gonna, it's not gonna go away. But, um, it's definitely changing, and it's it's pretty crazy, man. What technology is doing?
0: Yeah, I don't think they're ever gonna be able to create like anything amazing. But like for that quick banger, little small tattoo, I'm pretty sure that it's not pretty. It's not that far off, dude. It'll be like next
1: five. Man, I don't even. that they had the the ability to stretch that part of the skin. So let's say they enlarged that and refined it somehow in 10 years to where it could stretch a nice part of the thigh. And they had some sort of, you know, 3D printer that went around and did all those little marks that you do to get the dopest, you know, color realistic piece. And it goes around, you know, the guy lays still and they probably numb his leg beforehand. And all of a sudden that, you know, 25 minutes later or whatever whatever it is i don't know how long it would take but um i mean it's it's crazy to think about man and people like probably are tripping like no that could never happen but i really think that you know how many things we think weren't going to happen and they're a reality now and we don't think that we can live without them
0: (laughs) yeah it's gonna be crazy man
1: yeah yeah, I'm not looking
0: forward to it if that happens.
1: Well, if that happens, I mean, again, I think it it'll be guys like yourself, and and I think there'll even be the masses, you know, the the blue collar tattooers. It'll still be around for sure for our, I mean, I think for our lifetime. But I think the models of those blue collar tattooers um, are having to change. You know what I mean? You have you have to travel, or you have to. Um, you know, have other ways to, to, to make money, whether that's selling prints or artwork, which has always kind of been the case. But I think the idea that you're going to, you know, just tattoo walk-ins, you know, or appointments and, you know, maybe open up shops someday and that's going to be a retirement. I think that model's not valid anymore as much, you know, maybe in some areas, but at least not in my area, not in California out here in, in the in the bigger metropolitan areas and i can't imagine down in la i mean it's it's so saturated so um i think people are people are really looking at different it's an exciting thing to watch
0: yeah yeah it is man
1: so when so the last thing you were at was this venetian uh tattoo gathering um what was the highlight of that weekend man
0: uh, what was the, probably doing the seminar with Bob, man. To be honest, uh-huh. that was that was yeah, that was a big honor to be able to do that. That was crazy. Mm-hmm. Definitely, probably my highlight of the weekend.
1: Best uh, best food you had there in Italy.
0: always come back a little bit fatter and have to have to shred back down
1: yeah you go to the gym around in your area
0: yeah yeah i I train like uh six days a week
1: no kidding what do you do talk to me about your training i do like uh boxing
0: kickboxing uh muay thai and like weight training
1: What, what kind of like uh for your weight training what's What is it gonna have in it? Oh,
0: and my trainer fucks me up. I, I train <laughs> like uh, with my trainer like four days a week, and uh, we do like insane ladders. Like this morning was uh, burpee pull ups with like a bear crawl. Ooh. So like you have to bear crawl for thirty seconds, and then burpee pull up for thirty seconds, and it goes for five rounds. And then you, and then once you've done that, the next one was uh, burpee pull ups and like. Lizard push-ups, so like lizard crawling, but a push-up in between. Oh my god, it was brutal, man. <laughs>
1: that is, I, I yeah, man, it's that interval stuff. I like. That's the kind of stuff you know that that I'm into as well. I did uh, the other day. My last workout that I did, and my biggest thing, man, is. But it's important, yeah. you know. I find like for me, I need that. I need to get to the gym and, and get that energy out, you know? And, yeah, uh, for me, I have to, man. I've, I, I don't function
0: very well if I haven't mm-hmm. been to the gym. Like, even when I travel, I try to train in my hotel room or do something.
1: What do, you, what, what do you like to do if you're just, like, in your hotel room? I find that that's one of those things. I mean, there's a lot of body weight stuff you can do, but what, um, what do you try to do with if you're just stuck with no, no gym or nothing?
0: Oh man, it's like push-ups, clapping push-ups, squat jumps, lunges, burpees. You can do heaps of stuff, man.
1: Yeah, yeah. Just
0: fucking find anything to smash yourself with, you know?
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, run. absolutely. You like running?
0: No, dude, I fucking hate running. Me too. It's a shit. I do anything. <laughs> yeah, it's such. I do anything I can to not run.
1: Yeah, I. I mean, if I if I'm in a workout, like if I have to run. Probably the most that I want to run is like eight hundred meters. Yeah. That would be like that would be the long of what I would want to run too. You know what I mean? If I'm gonna run sprints, you know, like I'll
0: do like fifty meter sprints, but mm -hmm. like sprint there, sprint back, then 10 second rest, sprint there, sprint back, 10 second rest. I
1: like that I like that Tabata kind of that Tabata setup for a workout where it's like twenty seconds on, ten seconds rest. The the other workout I did the other day was thirty seconds on and ten seconds rest. And it was like, um, it lasted 10 minutes. And it was just rounds of like wall balls, um, sit-ups, push-ups, deadlifts, and burpees. And yeah, yeah, it was cool. And I did before that, I did like 10 minutes of every minute on the minute. I did like six swings with a 60-pound kettlebell. So something like strength, just like keep my core tight and um, focus on my breathing, my grip strength in the beginning. And then a little cardio, get the heart rate going. Um, but I threw some deadlifts in there too, just, uh, to, something that's a little heavier that it's going to keep my form, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's what you want, man.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, um, and, and do you have a specific like diet that you kind of not always focused on my diet and this last, um, few years that I've been more, um, you know, active, I've also focused on my diet and what am I putting in my body? Do you do that? Are you focused on that as well? Or are you just kind of whatever's there?
0: Yeah. Dude. Uh, my, my diet's fucking important, dude. I, I used to be quite fat. I used to weigh like, uh, 130 kilos, which is like 280 pounds.
1: Get the fuck out of here. Are yeah, you serious?
0: Dude. Yeah, dude. And, uh, I fucking just had whole lifestyle change. I, um, Ate well. I went to the gym five days a week. I uh, started training with my friend, and I ended up losing like uh, fifty-five kilos, like one hundred and thirty pounds, one hundred and twenty pounds. And then uh, after that, I just started putting weight back on, but like the right kind of weight, like muscle size and yeah, and stuff like that, to try and build myself back up because I got quite skinny, you know, after a while.
1: What did you do for uh, the? What was the biggest change in your diet when you when you lost that? And how long did it take before? <laughs> you started seeing the the weight start shedding off
0: sugar, man. Sugar was the biggest change. Yeah. had to get rid of the sugar, bro. Sugaring. Like I I dropped carbohydrates completely for about eight months. Um, it was tough, dude, but I (laughs) I ended up losing like about 45 or 50 kilos in those eight months. You know, like I lost pretty much all of it in eight months or maybe a year. It was close to a year, but, uh, I lost it fast, but it was just from no carbohydrates and just, like, meat and salad, pretty much, you know.
1: <laughs> how, did, how did those workouts feel with no carbohydrates? I mean, did you do you find now that as you've reintroduced carbohydrates, that you, like, your workouts feel better? or? No,
0: I feel way more sluggish because I, like, when you just, when you don't eat them, like, I, I ate carbohydrates because, like, there's carbohydrates in broccoli. Right cauliflower and things you're talking about
1: like the breads and the pastas, and the
0: bread and potato and pasta and all that sort of stuff and lollies candy is my worst (laughs) (laughs) i I love i love to eat candy so like after all of that and like coca-cola and shit like that so after i cut all of that it was a lot easier to Mm -hmm. to lose weight it almost like if you do that you'll lose weight without even working out
1: what changed when you decided? What tell me the tell me the story of you coming to that realization. You right. The to, story
0: is, I told my wife that if if she couldn't drag my like limp body out of the house, like say if the house was burning down, and she couldn't drag me out of the house, then I have to lose weight. So like, for a while she could drag me, and then one day we did it, and she couldn't drag me. So, <laughs> so, so it was like, all right, I gotta i got to go to the gym and lose lose some weight. Well,
1: what was that situation like, man, where she was like trying to pull you? Yeah. And you're not pulling. you realizing that you're fucked. She's
0: laughing. I'm cracking up. I'm like, please, please pull me. I don't, I don't, I don't
1: want to go to the gym. You see, you see your fate slowly staying right where it is, right there on the floor.
0: Yeah. And it was like, fuck. All right. All right.
1: And yeah, once you go, got in yeah. there, you took to it, and you were just like, "Man, this is this is a good thing." And
0: yeah, well, I I started training with my friend because he's the one who took me there. So like after I started training with him, it was more like competition. Mm-hmm. You know, like I want to bench as much as him. I want to lose as much as him every week because he was big at the time as well. So like we both lost weight together, and uh, so it was just a big competition the whole time for like eight months, just see who could not eat that much bad food and straight <laughs> up as fast as possible you know
1: yeah yeah how, how much better do you feel now what's the difference a lot better, man yeah
0: i love you there was no way like yeah i was i was on the downhill so i'm yeah. on the uphill now you know
1: i mean it's amazing when you see that happen i got a good friend uh big rob that um is a good homie of mine and he was big and uh he's just like i need to lose weight and he just started riding his bike and he took this loop and it ended up i think he told me the story was like it ended up being 11 miles and he told himself i'm gonna ride this loop every day you know for i don't know a year or something and so and if i miss a day i gotta ride it double the next day and if i miss two days He just started riding his bike 11 miles a day and stuck with just that and just started losing pounds, man. And I think he lost over a hundred pounds as well. And it's man, it's motive That kept you going, you know, the competition is one thing, you know, but there's days, obviously you felt shitty. You didn't want to go. You didn't want to put the weight up. You didn't want to, you know, get that cardio in. What pushes uh, man, you? When
0: I was training, I was a demon. I was like, when I first started, like, I wanted it so bad. And, like, the same with tattooing. You set little goals, you know what I mean? So, like, uh-huh. I'd always set goals, and to achieve them, you know, like, you have to push yourself harder. So, every day, it would just be, like, killing it in the gym, mm-hmm. trying to fucking, like, adding in intense cardio in between every single set of weights and stuff, like, just trying to do anything to get get rid of it, you know?
1: yeah man it's uh how long did it take before you really started seeing weight coming off and and i'm sure at that point you just really get motivated
0: it took a while because like uh i used to have really long hair as well and and i had like a like a not a beard but like longer hair on my face so once i like lost a bit of weight and i kind of shaved my head and it was like whoa i looked way different you know like <laughs> Instantly, uh, I looked skinnier. So it was like, what the fuck? So after that, that's when it started getting even worse, like the want to to lose weight, you know?
1: Uh-huh. Did you have a...
0: Playing basketball, man. Yeah? That was, that was my jam, yeah. That, that was it. Like, uh, I go to the gym and stuff, but on the weekends when my friends would come over, it was like, it's like an extra workout when you're not even working out because you're having fun, you know what yeah. I mean? So yeah, basketball is the one.
1: Assists or jump shot?
0: Jump shot, man. I'm a Kobe. <laughs> fuck, fuck the assist. Fuck the assist. <laughs> no, but I I love watching that shit now, man. Like Spurs and, and Golden State, like the ball movement is insane to watch, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm a, I'm a Kobe player. Fadeaways and stuff.
1: <laughs> you seen them old uh, videos of Kobe playing at Rucker park the the street ball shit, fucking awesome man. Yeah, man. Yeah, I loved that stuff. I I used to uh, when I was big into basketball, man. I would uh, it was around the And One like when And One was super big, and I would go every morning and play basketball with some dudes in at, at one of the parks in Vallejo, um, California, and and it was fun. We had a good t- we had a good time. We had a good time. I I still I pulled a, a Rafer Alston. Miami Heat jersey out of my uh, one of the boxes in my garage just the other day. for Alston was skipped to my Louvre and won. He played Fresno State. Yep, and then he played um, in the NBA and ended up getting, uh, I think he started like, God, my memory's not probably that good with this, but potentially I think he played for Golden State at one point, but then later on he played for the Heat. And he was just a point guard that had Yeah, yeah that was a cool thing about that and one shit and the Rucker park, you, you know, you did see that ball movement all around. I mean, that was part of it. Like, yeah. can I get this ball behind this dude's head and then over to that guy for the assist on that dunk, you know? And, uh, it's cool. I love that old shit.
0: Fuck yeah, man. I love watching you same like Harlem Globetrotters, even though it's yeah. not real ball. It's still fucking impressive to watch, you know
1: yeah it's an it, i mean it's a it's a it's still a skill, you know I saw yeah, Har- man, I saw the Harlem Globe Trotters, you say that, and that flashed a memory for me. I saw the Harlem Globe Trotters back in the day, like when uh there was a dude that was named Curly, he was a bald headed guy and he was on there, and that was probably in <laughs> Minneapolis at like i don't know what uh what venue that would have been at, but when I was a kid, I saw the Harlem Globetrotters. That that was cool man. They always played the Washington Generals and uh I think there was only one time in history that the Washington Generals won or something and or it was a fluke that they won, I don't know. Yeah. But cool shit man. Did they have anything like that over in New Zealand? Like you grew up over there?
0: Yeah, yeah, I grew up here, man, but uh like I I've always thought I've been born in the wrong country, you know. I'm a- Food, but like i'm stuck here in new zealand <laughs>
1: <laughs> well i mean shit dude you're you're at do you think you'll ever ha- get to a point where you'll want to have um either a consistent place like bob does bob has you know i mean it's in the the same country you know he goes from detroit to la do you ever think there's a point where you'll go from new zealand to la and kind of split time between uh those places
0: yeah man I'd love to. I'd love to. It's just the the thing about getting a green card and stuff like that it's not mm-hmm. that easy for
1: us. It's like
0: difficult as hell like Dan Smith, a uh, good friend of mine. You, you obviously know Dan yeah. Smith. Yeah,
1: yeah, wonderful yeah. work man. I mean, love that.
0: Yeah. He's fucking crazy. Love that guy. Yeah, And he's a Kiwi as well. He went to the same high school as me. Uh
1: No but, kidding.
0: Uh, guy, yeah, yeah, we went to the oh, not at the same time, but we went to the same high school. Yeah. And uh he he was married to his wife, uh, who was American citizen, and they still weren't gonna give him his visa. Whoa, yeah, like, and it, he said it cost him like fucking twenty grand or some <laughs> shit, and lawyers and whatever else, you know. So, it's a it's a long process, you know. So I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try. It'd be cool to do it.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's cool, man. I mean, it's it's legitimate. Uh reason I mean I'm sure you have the clientele over here and could sustain that especially in LA it's got the market you know for it and um it's like I said it's exciting to see you know people can do that they can have a place in London and they can have a place in you know wherever else and yeah, awesome. and, and split time or you can sit in one spot you know like we said there's so many lanes there's so many different options um exciting times and tattooing for sure
0: Hell yeah, man.
1: So what's next on your agenda, man? Where where are you headed to and, and what's uh what's next up in the game plan?
0: Uh two weeks I go to China for uh the Beijing tattoo convention and uh gonna hang out there for two weeks and then I'm in LA and uh hang out there for two weeks as well, and then I go to Toronto for the uh yeah. next convention.
1: Right on, man. How, China is that uh When you go to any of these places, does it make you nervous or does it make you, um, you know, uh, think twice before booking uh, a show like that?
0: Uh, No, like um, it's like a sponsored trip. So like I'm going with uh, Mithra Mm -hmm. who who sponsored me. So like they're taking me over there and showing me I I went last year as well. But last year I went by myself. That was a little sketchy yeah uh, but i was hanging out with them the whole time you know but this time my wife's coming and uh, a good friend of mine's coming as well colin mitchell so we're gonna hang out it's gonna be fun man
1: that's great um so you've been there once before you is it the same venue
0: uh yeah same same convention same venue because i i promised the guy i'd come back the next year so right on man of my word i'm gonna go back
1: <laughs> awesome steve man i you know what? i appreciate you coming on bullshitting with me and and uh um, talking with us for the podcast, man It was it was great talking to you And I really am a huge fan of your work It's a tattooer, I love seeing it And I, I will continue to love to watch it progress, man Thank
0: you, man Thank you, that's awesome uh, On my Instagram At uh, Steve Butcher Tattoos Or you can go on Facebook Just Steve Butcher uh, Or on the uh, Ship Shape Tattoo page You'll be able to find my work on there as well So,
1: yeah uh, Amazing stuff, man. Thank you so much, Steve. I appreciate it, brother. Thank you, man. Well, that's it, everyone. I appreciate everyone listening. Check me out on Instagram. That's at OG Joe Swanson. You can also find me on Twitter at that same handle. If you'd like to get tattooed by me, you can please email me at ogjoeswanson at gmail.com. You can contact me through sullenradio.com. While you're over there, make sure you sign up for the newsletter. You're going to get extra interviews, extra stuff. I'm anticipating rolling out more merchandise and some good stuff for you guys. So make sure you sign up for that newsletter. I appreciate all the listens, all the love, everybody. Thanks again. Had a great time with this show. Have a great right now, everybody, and keep hustling.